0: You are a Locked On Braves Postcast, part of Locked On
1: Sports Atlanta, your team every day.
0: And hello and welcome into the Braves postcast, part of the all-new Locked On Sports Atlanta. Grant McCauley, Jake Mastriani with you after what was, no two ways about it, a rough night of baseball for the Atlanta Braves, who were handed a lopsided 9-1 defeat by the Philadelphia Phillies and thus have dropped both of the first two games in this four-game series and find themselves with their backs to the wall if they want to salvage a split. In Philadelphia over the weekend, we'll talk all about all the things that uh, didn't go right in this game, unfortunately, because it's about all we have to talk about in this one. And of course, we'll get you set up for Game Three on Saturday. Before we get started, I want to remind you to subscribe to Locked On Sports Atlanta here on YouTube and to Locked On Braves wherever you get your podcast uh, Jake, as I was making out my notes for this one, it seemed to have a little bit less as far as the uh, overall things that I've become accustomed to with this Braves club because they have had better nights than this and. You know, we're in crunch time here. It's not like the Braves haven't lost games before. It's not like they're not going to lose games again before the season is over. But it just feels like there's a little bit more pressure on this club right now. And perhaps it's beginning to amount and they're beginning to succumb to said pressure. What did you, what's your read on the first couple of games here?
1: I think that's part of it. I think kind of like I alluded to yesterday, I think some of it's fatigue. Um, and rightfully so. Again, you played deep into the postseason last year. You dig yourself in a hole this year, and you play so hard, you know, for the last really four-plus months now to get out of that, to give yourself a chance. I mean, it's understandable to have just some mental, physical fatigue, and I'm sure, again, a little bit of the pressure getting to them as well. I think for Matt Olson, you just see it in his face. He knows he's not hitting well right now, and he's trying – to figure it out and push through it, but it's just not happening. I mean, even in his last at bat tonight, you know, another strikeout third of the night and throwing the helmet down. I mean, it just seems like he's been doing that for the last several weeks now, just trying to figure it out. So I think it's a lot of that. And again, it's at an unfortunate time where, again, as we've talked about, they need to win every game. And, you know, that's just unreasonable, you know, in a a game of baseball where you're going to lose.
0: Yeah, I know you are going to lose games. The Braves have, in fact, lost a few games this year, but they've won way more than they have lost. This was just one of those nights where – and it wasn't just Matt Olson either. I think there's some plenty of frustration to go one through nine in this lineup. And, oh, by the way, you're a second consecutive day without Ronald Acuna Jr. in there, so that just compounds matters. But the Braves lost by eight runs on this night, so we might as well go ahead and go through the particulars of this one. Game number 151 on the year, game two of the four-game set in Philly – Braves now 93 and 58, a run on six hits, no errors, seven men left aboard. The Phillies now 83 and 67, nine runs, 10 hits, no errors, nine men left on base. Aaron Nola picks up the win with six scoreless innings. He struck out eight to improve to 10 and 12 on the year. Janko DeRizzi drops to five and six. So we'll talk a little bit more about him in a moment. No save in a game that lasted three hours and 20 minutes and a crowd of 28,013 paid to see it. Uh, So as we look at this from just any which way you want to, once again, the offense wasn't there. Unfortunately, on this night, it wasn't the pitching staff able to keep you in this one. You got five gritty innings from Max Fried in game one, and the bullpen held. You got really four bad innings from Jake Odorizzi. Ten hits, eight earned, three walks, six punch-outs. Worst start with Atlanta easily, and one of the worst starts all year by any Braves pitcher. And again, it's about the timing of this. If this is happening in the middle of May, I don't know that you really you know look too much more into it than, man this is just a bad start but it's happening here in the final week of September and that has to have a little bit more of a microscope that we're going to pull out and look at this one because I feel like Jake I mean we got to be honest here the Braves have better options going through this rotation I know Spencer Strider's down for a start but from what I've seen out of Bryce Elder I don't know that I need to see another Jake Odorizzi start particularly if he's going to be facing a club like Philadelphia
1: that's what I was gonna say. I think we may have seen the last start for Jake Rizzi, unless things just do get to a point where you know the division is lost and you just want to save some guys. But sure. I, I don't see a situation now where you put Jake Rizzi out there in a game where you need to win. And like we said, the Braves need to win every game down the stretch. You know, Bryce Elder I think is a better, better option. I know Kyle Muller's kind of struggled a little bit his last couple starts at Gwinnett, but still, I'd sure. I'd rather see him up here and at least getting. That experience and, and see him pitching at the big league level. So, uh, yeah, there there are other options right now. I think Jake Rizzi has spent his at this point uh, just a bad performance. Like you said, even with the offense struggling lately, they've been able to win games because the pitching has been so good. They just had no chance from the get go in this one.
0: No, you don't, because this is not a case where, all right, well, somebody kicks one, you get a runner on, then maybe you get a double or a home run, and you're right back in the ball game. That was the case in the first one, but that is not the case in the one that we were watching here tonight. And, you know, eight earned runs, I don't care which way you slice it. I mean, you watched the same game that I did. I mean, these were just not really overly competitive at-bats and competitive pitches from the pitcher side anyway. The Phillies were very competitive as they pounded out those 10 hits. Reese Hoskins with a big home run, but it it just was uh, – it, not only that, but then you look at the uh, the defense even behind him. Michael Harris had a ball popped out of his glove, another one that ricocheted away from him as the Phillies were busy tacking on, having already put up one four-run inning. They put up a second four-run inning, and it just kind of felt like the wheels had come off at that point. And you know, this was, as I tweeted out at that point, this is going to be one of those nights, and that's exactly what it was for Jake Odorizzi and for the Braves starting nine. And this lineup, once again, as it was a, a struggle fest at the very least here, at a place that's usually pretty friendly. I mean, I know the wind has been a factor the first couple of days, but the Braves offense really couldn't get anything done. We'll talk a little bit more about that in a moment. I want to remind you, of course, that Coffee AM is the official sponsor of the Braves postcast. Coffee AM is an Atlanta-based small batch coffee roaster. And if you go to coffeeam.com slash locked on today, you can take a look at their full menu of coffees, teas, and gift sets. That's coffeeam.com slash locked on. Use the coupon code locked on at checkout. You'll get 15% off your first order. Coffees, teas, gift sets, so much more at coffeeam.com slash locked on. Coffee AM is the best small batch coffee roaster in America. So uh, the Braves did not have the greatest offensive performance on this night, as we talked about a run on six hits, left seven men on base, no hits with runners in scoring position for the second consecutive night. A 22-inning scoreless streak, Jake, that was snapped in the seventh inning when Robbie Grossman had a sacrifice fly. I went back and looked because I'm, I guess, a glutton for punishment to see the last time the Braves have been shut out in back-to-back games. It was the April 25th seven-inning doubleheader affair against the mm-hmm. Arizona Diamondbacks in which Madison Bumgarner threw that seven-inning uh, shortened no-hitter. This had been a while since I feel like we felt like that kind of helpless offensively speaking, but a 22-inning scoreless streak that dated all the way back to the third inning of the third game of the series against the Washington Nationals. And it's beyond just Matt Olsen at this point, right? I mean, you've got no Ronald Lacuna Jr. in the lineup you got other guys that are struggling. Pretty much the only guy hitting in Philadelphia has been Austin Riley.
1: Yeah, Austin Riley. And, you know, when I'm looking at this offense right now, and I feel confident they're going to come out of it, they've been too good all year long. It's unfortunate that they're struggling right now. But I'm looking at the at-bats. Are they competitive? And they're just not right now. They're just not having competitive at-bats. Four hard-hit balls on this night. This team is – you know, used to putting up 10 hard hit balls just about every night. And yes, you're going up against Aaron Nola, a very good pitcher. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be limited, but it's just still the quality of it. Bats are not there right now for whatever reason. And, you know, you can lose games and have some bad luck where you're just, you know, you're putting the ball in play, you're hitting it hard, and it's just going right to fielders. That's not the case right now. This offense just isn't making good contact. They're not working at bats. They're not getting into favorable counts. And when they're putting the ball in play, they're just not hitting it. Very hard. And that's, you know, not what we're used to seeing with this Braves offense. So, again, I I guess trying to be positive, I'd rather that happen now than in a couple of weeks when it really matters in the postseason. But you'd love to see them start to turn things around. And I talked about this on the podcast. I really thought after that series in City Field you saw the Braves go into what I would say postseason mode, and you saw Mm -hmm. competitive Mm at-bats up and down the lineup every time out there, battling in at-bats, working counts, putting the ball in play, hitting the ball hard like they're accustomed to doing. I just haven't seen that over the last, you know, really almost two weeks now from this offense. So, again, that's why I point to fatigue. You talked about all the errors, just the mental mistakes that we're seeing, the base running issues. That's why I'm just kind of led to believe that we're seeing a little fatigue with the end of the season coming up, a long season, a hard fought battle from this team. Uh, I think we're just starting to see a little bit of that. And hopefully, you know, they can snap out of it here down the stretch once the postseason kicks in, but they're just not playing good baseball at the moment.
0: No, not at the moment. And understand that everybody on all 30 teams is going through something right now in terms of fatigue, in terms of aches and pains, injuries, all that kind of stuff. Everybody's dealing with it. Some are worse than others, but nobody right now is feeling 100% the way they did at the start of the year, really probably the first day of spring training. Of course, spring training only lasted about two weeks this year, which might have made some people extremely happy. Maybe that is a net positive. I don't know. But be that as it may, this is a time of year where you are going to be feeling you know what you've done to this point but they still as you pointed out i mean the most important games lay ahead that adrenaline rush that excitement that opportunity teams are really hungry to get back in there and i don't really doubt that part of the drive for the braves i mean this is just something that you know clubs go through you have the ebbs and the flows and the highs and lows at the courts of 162 games you'd rather not see them in september to your point if i had a choice between lows in september and highs in october uh, I'm going to take that every single time. I mean, that's the version I'm going to take. I'm not going to take the highs in September and lows in October. Got about two decades worth of that from the Braves, from uh, somewhere in the late 90s to the early 20 teens, late 20 teens. That was enough for me. Be that as it may, you know, I did talk about the offense struggling as a whole. It has been a rough September. Matt Olson 0 for 4 with three strikeouts, as you mentioned earlier, Jake. He's batting 111 in the month of September. He's just 8 for 72 with two extra base hits, one of those a homer and four runs knocked in. And this is a guy that's been hitting for the majority of the time. Cleanup has now bumped down to five. I don't, again, and I'm I'm not going to change my tune 24 hours later. I don't think that this is something that a day off cures, but maybe dropping him down lower in the order to where you take as much pressure off this guy as you can. I mean, I know you don't want to hurt his pride or whatnot, but I think at this point, Matt Olson's pragmatic enough to understand, hey, I'm not helping out here in the middle of the order. Maybe somebody else could step in and do that in my stead while I get this thing figured out because Matt Olson is going to have important at-bats for the Atlanta Braves before 2022 is said and done.
1: And it's it's similar to me in my mind with with Kenley Jansen. What were we talking about him a couple of weeks ago? Get him out of the closer spot. He doesn't need to be back there. And you kind of allow him to work his way through that, and I think he's kind of been yep. able to do that. So I'm with you there. I don't necessarily think taking Matt Olson out of there, um, unless he comes up to the coach, and I don't think he's going to, and says, hey – you know, I just need a day. I need a break. And I don't think he's going to say that. I think he is that type of guy. He wants to go out there. He's trying to work through this, fight through this. And Mm -hmm. again, I have confidence in him that sooner or later he will come out of it. But uh, yeah, to your point, I mean, I think you got to do something. I think Snit's trying to do that now, moving him down a little bit, maybe move him down a little bit further Mm
0: -hmm. until
1: he can get going. Because the one good thing about Matt Olson, even at times during the season where he struggled, is that he's typically still been able to work his walks and get on base and uh, not really seeing that as much right now either. So I do think you got to kind of shake it up a little bit until he can work out of it. Um, I mean, look, look, earlier in the year, Snicker moves Riley and Olsen down in the lineup because both Mm -hmm. were struggling at one point, and they quickly turned things around and got back and were batting 3-4 for the majority of this season. So, I mean, there definitely is something to that. Uh, You got a couple weeks here really to figure it out before the postseason. So, You know, now's a better time as any, I guess, because I don't think taking him out of the lineup is going to help out at all.
0: No, I I don't. I think we agree on that. And I think that, you know, both the the method that you laid out and the method that we've seen Brian Snitker utilize before, just taking some pressure off a guy by dropping him down in the lineup could be something beneficial and might have to go beyond the fifth spot. But since I am not the ball guy who makes out the lineups for the Atlanta Braves, I will defer and we will see what happens with Matt Olsen for the, re- the remainder of this series. And of course, uh, hopefully he turns around quicker and this becomes a non-story. But this has been a big story in the month of September. There's no two ways about it. But the Braves offensive struggles have gone beyond Matt Olsen. He just has been the one going through it the worst uh, as the Braves come down the stretch. We'll talk about Game 3 of this series on Saturday afternoon. Before we do, BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. You can find your favorite sports and events. It's the number one online source for odds, lines, and games, reviews, and news of every league, MLB, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, eSports, even golf. Head on over to BetOnline.net. Use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today at BetOnline, where the game starts. Now the Braves will play game 3 on Saturday. Kyle Wright's on the mound in the afternoon affair against Brady uh, excuse me Bailey Falter. Kyle Wright is 19 and 5, Bailey Falter is 5 and 3 on the year. So Wright gunning to become the Braves first 20 game winner since Russ Ortiz in 2003 and the Braves could use a win and I don't think they care how it happens and who the winning pitcher is Jake. The Braves just want to get themselves back in the win column and back into the series in Philadelphia.
1: Yeah, I mean we're talking about a a, a three game losing streak, which again, if they, like you said, if this happened in May, might not have our panic meter on. I don't know, Brace fans might still, but yeah. you know, it's just it's at the end of the year and it's the way they've been doing and the way they've been playing. It's so, it looks, yeah. yeah, you would love for them to just snap out of that. And I would love for Kyle Wright to get his 20th win, whether it's now or his next start. But you know, these are big starts for Kyle Wright and Charlie Morton down the stretch. You feel pretty good about you know, Max Freed, Spencer Strider at the top of your postseason rotation. So You know, I want to see Kyle Wright go out there, give that performance we're used to seeing from him, you know, six innings, you know, two earns or less, a quality start. That's what we've seen from him for most of the season. And, yeah, I mean, the biggest story, what we've talked about here tonight, the offense, you know, can they get going? Can they string some hits together? Can they see the ball go over the fence? Can the wind hold up for just a second? to let us to get one um you know that would certainly be nice to see and Mm -hmm. get some good feelings going for this offense
0: yeah you'll take all the good vibes you can get and the good results and the braves just need to hang a crooked number on the board in the worst kind of way again Kyle Wright against Bailey Falter Wright 19 and 5 gunning for win number 20 as he faces off against the Phillies left-hander in Bailey Falter 4.05 p.m eastern time is the first pitch at Citizens Bank Park Of course, the Mets are out on the West Coast, so they are still in action against the Oakland Athletics throughout the weekend. Two games back is what Atlanta finds itself as of the final out in their loss in Philly. Could be another half game if the Mets handle their business against the A's out there. It's still manageable. You still have that three-game series ahead, but you don't want to give up too much ground before you have that head-to-head battle with the Mets, and you no longer have the ability to at least say, hey, we can control our own destiny by winning that series or sweeping that series if it comes to that. Uh, The Braves just want to have a chance, a puncher's chance, I guess you'd call it. But the crazy thing is, I mean, this club, Jake, is 93-58 and on the year. They just have to go 7-4 and in the final 11 games to win 100 games. When you and I sat down to do the first edition of the Braves postcast way back in the 1st of April, if I told you, hey, the Braves are going to be closing in on 100 wins in the final week of the season, I think both of us would say, hey, sounds like everything is exactly the way you want it to be. Especially with the way the
1: the division turned out, too. I mean, the Mets are going to be a 100-win team. The Phillies are most likely going to make the postseason. And Marlins have a really good pitching staff. The Nationals are terrible. But, um, you know, with the way the division kind of played out, yeah. I mean, telling me that the Braves are going to get to 100, you'd have told me that after May, I would have said you're absolutely crazy. (laughs) Um, So that just tells you you know how good this team's been. So, uh, yeah, look, they're in a bad stretch now. This team's been good for the majority of the season. Not worried about that, but – Again, would love to see them get going, have some good momentum going into the postseason.
0: Yeah, 20th win for Kyle Wright. Sounds like a pretty good highlight for that on Saturday afternoon. Game three against the Phillies. Kyle Wright against Bailey Falter, 4.05 p.m. Eastern time at Citizens Bank Park as the Braves look to get back in the win column and snap their three-game losing streak. That brings us to the end of this edition of the Braves' postcast. As always, make sure you subscribe to Locked On Sports Atlanta on YouTube and Locked On Braves, wherever you get your podcast. For Jake Mastorati, I'm Grant McCauley. We will catch you soon, and until then, so long, everyone.